white and blue. We like to win in style, we've done it for a while. It's better to aim very high, then our football story will echo with glory. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 7, Episode 31. I'm Jack. Hello. Sabas. Oh my god, that do you know how many people have just stopped listening with that intro? That's incredible. How long are we in? Twelve seconds in? That's twelve seconds is record for you, isn't it? <laughs> uh, before we go into the show, we need to talk about your car accident or car incident oh god. that you were involved in. So talk us through it. So you're you're walking down the road, walking watching the an road. inappropriate video on your phone. Less said about that the better. Um Or were you learning like Italian or Spanish? No, 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 no. not learning no not doing No languages. Anything. No, um, just walking across the road, um, I, you know, I, I, I saw a car coming, um, it was turning in, um, but for some reason, like, it, it could never have made it, could never have made it because it was a small gap, it turned the corner very fast, I was pretty much on the other side of the road, and it cleaned me out. Um, like, full on feet over your head cleaned uh, you out? I wouldn't say feet over my head, but I did go flying across the pavement. Um, and it hurt? Yeah, it did hurt. Yeah. You can say that. Yeah. Um, I was in shock. Didn't know what had happened. Didn't really know what happened. All I could care about were my um, were my B and O headphones, um, which I had, priorities which are. I had yeah. around my neck at the time. They went flying along with my phone, um, both in good working nick. So that's, so that's good. That's good. That's good. That's what we're worried about. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> electronics um, all right. I just just jogged into work. Just just well, I didn't jog into work. Just it limped just, in. Limped yeah. in. Hobbled in yeah. on the train. Um, but yeah, hit by a car. And when when is your face going to heal? Oh, I don't think that's, that? Oh, that's sorry, hard, mate. That's yeah. not that's not from the accident, is it? Sorry, mate. I'm um, I'm, I'm quite uh, I'm quite touchy about that. So, uh, uh, well, in all seriousness, we're glad that you're alive. Thank you very much. Which is uh, yeah, good. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk about football now. Right, yeah, done with that. Yeah. So the opening question is: What is the best thing about being a Spurs fan? Difficult. Um, you've done no preparation because no, you told no, me this just before no. we start recording so for me there's a few things it's a family culture so I'm a big Spurs fan so is my brother my daddy's my granddad through the generations like this one so there's three generations of Latchfords at every home game which I think is fantastic some of the best memories literally from my childhood in my life have been at Tottenham and that might sound a bit a bit bizarre and a bit sad to some people, but some of the best moments I've had were there, watching brilliant games, seeing extraordinary things. And words can't really describe how special that is. That's stuff that will never leave me. And I think there's a there's a togetherness and a sense of belonging when you go to football as well. There's a camaraderie there that you know what? Regardless of what goes on on the pitch, we're all together. Yeah. And the, you know what I mean? This is what we're all here for. This is our purpose. I think that's a that's a that's a really fair point. Um, for example, um, you know, our Echoes of Glory um, uh, WhatsApp group. I've not met half the guys on there, but I mean, we're just like we're pretty much like a family just yeah. because we're bonded by that one thing that we all have a massive passion for. Like we if all we're, have a if massive we're a family, passion. what are you? Are you are you the granddad? Are you the weird auntie? Are you? Don't say the runt. Are you the, are I'm you not, the creepy I'm not, uncle? I'm not, I'm not, probably that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not the run. <laughs> um, no, I'm probably 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 little brother. Or the, or the, the dog, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> what a, yeah, what a the, fish. The yeah. annoying fox in the garden that no one wants there. Badger. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm only joking. Um, um, going back to the best things about Spurs, uh, as well, the love and hate that you experience in ninety minutes is you don't experience that 
variety of emotions in any, what well, I don't in my life experience it anywhere else, that you can literally be on top of the world, this is brilliant, to then, I hate this, what are we doing? Yeah. And I don't think you get that anywhere else. It's, and, you gotta go and no, say. And finally, the match day. You wake up on a big match day, you've got the anticipation, the nerves, the excitement, and the hope that today's gonna be the day. For me, the nerves and the excitement around Derby Day yeah. are, are feelings which... Any particular I, Derby? Just, just, just Arsenal. Arsenal. Um, literally, I cannot put into words. I, I actually cannot put into words because... It's a good thing you're on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, mean, like, it, cause it means so much. Yeah. And having lived in... Tottenham my whole life, living not so like stone throw away from the from the ground, um, and it's just that feeling like you know I, I don't get how, how United fans living in London can feel that against against for the Manchester derby against Liverpool like it means nothing to them. Yeah, it means absolutely nothing to them. You know, but I mean that's harsh. Maybe it does mean something, but you know it doesn't. It's not like they're there. They're not living it. They're not breathing yeah. it. Um, so for me, like, like something like Derby Day, the feeling, the excitement, the emotions, how you feel after the game when you've won, when you've lost, it's just incredible. Like it's it's something that you'll, like nothing can come, come can come close to it. Yeah, match days, yeah, that, that's the one. I put this out on social media, and as usual, had some fantastic response. So I'm just going to read a few out just because I haven't got time to go through all of them. But Javad from the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast said. The friendships and acquaintances he's made have been the best thing. He's been a Spurs fan for 28 years, but only been in a position to go frequently the last six years. Going to games and thanks to social media too, and doing a podcast, he's met many folk and forged good friendships. That coupled with the joy of following and watching Spurs have made it a way of life for him. That's fantastic. I think that's, I think that's what it is. Like it's, it's become a way of life. It's like, I, I, I guess a lot of people who listen to this probably feel this as well, but your your mood and the way you feel can hinge on how Spurs play that weekend. Mm. So if, if we've got, like for example, if we've got an early kickoff and we lose, that's it, done. Yeah. Don't, don't, yeah. do not care about anything else. Do not care about football, do not care about sport, off social, don't want any of that. Um, just not, just not, just not about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, Andy Meredith on Facebook said he's been Spurs since 1958 and has never been tempted by so-called more successful clubs because they come and go, but the Spurs are always there. As they say, there's lots of United, lots of cities, lots of towns, but there is only one and always will be only one Hotspur. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Lovely. Summed up brilliantly. Carl Woodbridge, good friend of the show, said he finds this difficult to answer. The only reason to support Spurs was it, it was his dad's team. Nothing to do with glory, the name, the, the yeah. way Spurs play, but he's managed to pass it on to his eldest son. His first game was a proud moment. And, and again, I think that's, that's a huge thing where it's, I mean, I guess it's probably the same for a lot of clubs, but it's a generational thing. Um, I, I obviously haven't lived in in Tottenham my whole life but my brother was a huge Spurs fan he was yeah. about 10 years older than me and you know it was just like being able to actually bond with him even at like 4 or 5 years old Yeah. but watching like when we were terrible when we were terrible like seriously and, bad like, yeah. and it didn't matter to me like yeah. all that mattered was being able to actually have that bond and actually like see a few decent players like we were yeah. bad but we still had a few yeah. good players we had like Klinsman Teddy 
Um, we always had that style, even when we were poor. And Chris Carter, a friend of the show, said the attacking, attacking positive football we've always played, no matter who the players or manager has been. Without it, he may not have become a fan of the club or possibly even the sport. Strong words, yeah, from Chris. There, but he's right though, and it's like what you say as well. Even when we were poor, we would still always have a go. Then we'd still play attacking football, even when you think, "What the hell are we doing? <laughs> this is madness." Um, I think that's right. I think there's a few of underlining themes, and on Reddit as well. Um, Chap Fuddler great on name. Reddit, great name, says the overwhelming fear that it could all go wrong at any moment is one of his favourite things about being a Spurs fan, which I think is fantastic. And it's so true. It is so true. It's so true. I, it I mean, I'm not confident about anything this season. Not even now. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Totteridge Whetstone, again on Reddit. Another, great, great name. Great name. name. Um, his favourite thing about being a Spurs fan, that regardless of money or the modern world of football, our values are today as they have been for more than 100 years. Not too many clubs you can say that about, especially in the top flight. And I feel even more so when we've gone about business in the right way. You've got your Chelsea's, you've got your cities, and they're, you know, they're spending a ridiculous amount of money. But we've actually, and you know, whether, whether success is defined through a trophy or not, we've actually been relatively successful having run a club like the proper way. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Just a couple more that we've had from Reddit. Ron John, his favourite thing about being a Spurs fan is that he doesn't support Arsenal. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, probably my favourite one, and there's some fantastic entries, but this is probably my favourite one from THFC Nut. Again on Reddit. Interesting. Says, interesting usernames here. Very interesting. He said he started going over the lane in the early 90s when he was four. His dad used to tell him that we were a sleeping giant, but he had no idea what he was going on about. Watching the giant slowly rise over the last 10 years has been a hell of a ride. When Redknapp got us in the Champions League, I told my dad this was the best Spurs team I'd ever seen, and it was fascinating listening to him tell me about the past great teams he had seen. It's the ups and the downs that make being a Spurs fan great, but this current team, wow, what a team. And Mopo just knows. He knows what we fans want, and they are delivering. Just, just I, I hope it changes opinion on that being the best team, because that team had uh, Chor Luka in it. So, uh, and Alan Hutton. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And Palacios. Yeah, exactly. All um, players that did a job, but yeah, it's mad. Um, and then finally, um, Matthew James, his favourite thing about being a Spurs fan, being a Yid. Fair enough. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. So that's everyone's favourite things about being a Spurs fan. Fantastic stuff, as always. We've got one game that we need to review, which was that FA Cup tie against Swansea. I mean, we battered them. We absolutely Pretty battered clear. them. Yeah. I mean, it was so comfortable. Even at nil-nil, the first eight nine minutes, you just knew, you know what? We're going to win this today. There's no, we just, it's never in doubt. And I always go into them away games thinking, oh, you never know what might happen. But we're so good in those matches, just controlling we, we, it, getting in front, and then just saying to the opposition, we've beaten you here. Yeah, we were, we were good. I, I was worried. To begin with, before the team would come out to see if he'd start with Lorente, yeah. the the front the front four that we played, or you know the front four we had in the Bournemouth game, I thought would have been the way forward, but obviously he he, cha- he tweaked that slightly. Yeah. Um. So we went with a front four of Ericsson, Lucas Moura, Deli Ali, and Lamella. Um. No, Deli didn't play. Deli didn't play. Deli didn't play. It was Ericsson, Son, Son, Son instead of Ali. Excuse me. Um. But 
and and I said I said on I said on Friday to some of the guys in the team that if we play with an, with that interchangeable front yes. four, we will cause problems. But if we become say a one trick pony with like Lorente going forward, um, you know, it, it, they might have found us out. Yeah. Um, like the the Premier League game when we had Lorente starting, um, it wasn't the easiest game. Admittedly, the conditions were a lot worse. Um, but they gave us a good one. Yeah, they, that was they, a tough game. That was a very tough game. But this was nowhere near. This yeah. was pretty much a stroll in the park. Um, the game was as good as gone after 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, we dominated. They had nothing going forward apart from that one chance at the start of the second half, um, which was a great save. Concentration levels were very good from Vaughan. Yeah. Um, Is he the best backup keeper in the league? Yeah. I mean, uh, well... Who who else have you got? You've got like Romero, you've got Caballero, um, semi decent, and then yeah. who, who's uh, oh, you've got uh, Bravo. So you've got a few yeah. semi decent yeah. ones, but yeah, I think he's uh, for someone who's only called upon in cup matches, he's consistently very good. Yeah, he's very good. He's reliable when he comes in form. I just want to talk about that front four and about how I thought that was perfect because the opposition they played with a back five which they did against us in the league, and they caused quite a few issues in terms of we didn't create a lot in that league game with Lorente up there, because centre-half's no right, big man up top. Exactly. It must be horrible if you're a centre-half for 90 minutes not having anybody to mark. Because Sun, when he plays up front, he didn't play up front. He no, drifts, he, he, he goes he's all over the place. Left, he goes right, he'll he'll drop deep to get yeah. the ball. Lamella will, will take the centre position. And it just must be so infuriating to at no point. Do you know if Kane's up front, Obviously, he's a world-class forward, but you know, I can be touched to him. You know, you know where he is. You know yeah. what he's going to do. And the same with Lorenzo. If he's up there, right, they're going to play balls into him. Whereas when there's not a striker, it it just must be so difficult because you're always worrying about the late runs people are making. What's behind me? Where where is my forward? It can't be easy. And I thought those tactics, we just tore Swansea apart with those. And, and let's not forget, Alfie Morton is a very good centre back. Well, isn't he England squad? He's well. He's deserved. He's, he is a he's a very good centre back and, um, like you said, the fact that we were able to interchange and the fact that we were able to like get in those positions in behind and drop deep and they didn't really know what to do. They know yeah. they didn't know whether to drop off, but they didn't know whether to come forward and that was evident in the Lamella goal. Yeah. Um, where they were just backing off, backing off, backing off, backing off. Didn't know what to do, and that goal was very reminiscent of the goal he scored against Watford when yes. um we won two one with Storm scoring yeah. last minute through uh, Gomez's legs um, but do you know what I, that Lamella goal I saw it coming a mile off I actually saw it coming a mile off I was like he's, he's, he's going to place this um, just because it was like deja vu yeah I, you know what I'm, I've, I've said this openly on the podcast I've never been the biggest Lamella fan but this, this this recent spell I think has been his best period for us I think he's, not- he's making big impacts when he's coming off the bench and I think He's been, he might be starting off the right or off the left, but he's freed up a little bit more. And I think when he takes that number 10 positions and he takes the ball on the half turn, I think he's as good as anybody in our side at running with the ball and playing a pass. Do you not think he was also good in that season when we finished, when we finished third? Yeah, he, had think, a very, he had a great season there. His whole good. season there was good. He's obviously had a lot of injuries second, at, at a like, you know, quarter, state, quarter mark 
off last season, which kept him out for obviously the whole year and yeah. some of this season. But no, no, I do think he was good in that period. But I just look at him this season, or maybe not even this season, just recently. And whenever a sub comes off the bench, I'm always thinking, what? In, what are you actually? What, are you going to change the game? You're coming on for 25 minutes here. What impact are you going to make? And I think when he comes on, he changes games now. He's getting assists. He's starting to get a few more goals as well. He's not scoring. Probably as many as Potts would like. And he's getting to good positions. Definitely. Like he could have had he could have had a couple against Arsenal when he came on. He's getting to good positions. Yeah. Um Lucas Mora. What do you think about him? Are you a fan? I like him. What do you like about him? His hair. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he's got he's got the most he's got the most terrible receding hairline for a twenty five year old I've yeah. ever seen. Run for your money, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is out of choice though, that's the thing. Um no, like I think He's got pace, he's got a bit of trickery, he's got like his link up play is really good. He's always looking he's always looking to turn his man. He's never looking like he's always looking for a quick like like give and go. Um and you can see he's an attacking minded player. Yeah. Um and I think that's exactly what that's exactly what we need. So if you're talking about impact off the bench, if you're one nil down after about fifty five, sixty minutes and you wanna give someone half an hour to make an impact you know, you've you've had the ball for a long period of time, and the and the opposition are like are tiring. Mm. He's perfect. For Should that. he start more games? Yes, um, I think it's. I think he is better than just being an impact sub. Um, but he does what I mean. The issue is he does have that pace. He does have that trickery. He does have that ability to, you know, make room for himself, especially when there are tired legs out there. So maybe that's why he's not starting as many. Mm. Um, but you saw in the Swansea game, he was in his top draw. He was he was good. He was his passing was good. He was moving around freely. He was winning fouls. Like he he was just he was really good. Mm. My only my only criticism of him so far, um, and I sort of agree with you. I like the look of him in spells at the moment. I'm not sure if he's doing enough work defensively for Pochettino at the moment which is why I don't think he's starting as many games. A lot of people are calling on him to be, he should start more than just the cup games. And I get what, what you mean, but I also think sometimes with a player of that nature, you're blinded sometimes by the brilliance. Because when he gets the ball and he'll go past someone, you're like, oh my God, that was brilliant. But he might lose it three or four times. I, yeah. I, I like the look of him. I think that's fair. But I don't necessarily think he's been as amazing so far as some people are making. Yeah. Especially compared to the players that... I, for me, Ericsson, Ali, Lamella, Sun, all are all ahead of him for me at the moment. But if he keeps on working and doing what he's doing when he's coming on, there's no reason why next season he won't, he, he might be a starter. I but I just fair. think it's a little bit too soon at the moment. I think that's fair. I think you've got to bear in mind he's only been around for what eight weeks. Exactly. Um, maybe less than that. And of course he's gonna. It takes a while to get into the philosophy. Um, I think the off season will be key with him just to get him yeah. fully yeah. up to scratch. Like you bear in mind that PSG wasn't playing much, he wasn't getting much game time, so it does take it will take a while for him to be fully, fully integrated with the team. I think it's the intensity coming from the French league as well, right? Because you'll be playing sides that effectively <coughs> they go a goal down to a PSG and they roll over. Yeah. Whereas in the Premier League there is no game is an easy game. If I, even like now, West Brom away You'd be thinking, oh, that could be a tough, that'd be a tough oh, yeah, game. Oh yeah, they're, they're fighting for their lives. There's no easy game in the Prem, whereas I think in the French League there are easier games and that intensity is not quite there. But I think that's the advantage of bringing him in in January, that it gives him six months to 
settle, get used to his surroundings in the next season right now. You can and, know, and to be fair, probably not many teams know about him, how to work yeah. him out, how to figure him out. Yeah. So he, as an impact club, he's great for that. Yeah, he's a bit of an unknown quantity still exactly. at the moment. Toby Aldevera was on the bench, which yeah. was excellent to see him back. If he's now back fully fit, do you put him straight back into the side? If he's fully fit, yes. You would? And yes. Who, and who drops out for you? Would you change the formation and go back to that back three we had at the start of the season? It's a, it's a good question. Um, for me, and probably slightly controversial, I'd probably, I would probably drop Sanchez. Would you? Um, like, I, I feel like he had a good game on Saturday, but even in the first ten, up until the first goal, I just thought he was looked a bit. He always looks like Bambi on ice. He always looks like. Because he's, he's he's long and he's leggy and he's like he's got a trip over himself and he's got the yeah. ball, and you always feel like there's a mistake in him. Now, don't get me wrong. See, that's I, interesting because I I get what you mean about he do, he's not elegant, but I never feel like he's gonna do anything crazy. Like I'm always quite confident that he's gonna mop up and he'll play the easy ball or something like that. But I think that's interesting. So you you would stick to the formation we're playing and you bring Toby back in. I, would you for just, me Toby starts? Would you chuck him straight back in or would you slowly? Well, we, we tried. Well, interesting because I feel like he got brought back first time round when he wasn't actually fully ready um, against the Newport. The Newport game. He was horrendous game. against Newport. I think he played a couple, didn't he? He, he was horrendous. He, yeah. he was really bad. Yeah. He was actually really bad, and I I feel like. Yes, no, I probably would give him, say, <coughs> five, ten minutes here and there. But the thing is, we need him. That semi final against United, he starts. Really? I think the difficult thing is, as well, if you're a centre half, it's getting minutes. Because if you play any other position on the pitch other than defence and you're coming back for an injury, you get 15 minutes, you get 20, you get half, and you can build. Yeah. But centre half is one of them positions, like. After 70 minutes, if you're 2-0 up, you still probably wouldn't make a change there. Do you know what I mean? It's no, like, yeah, if, you, if you're Lamella coming back and you're 2-0 up, you can go on and play the last 20 because you're in a position where it's not as vital. So I think it's really difficult for centre-halves when they're coming back to get the match fitness without literally being thrown in and saying, go and play 90 minutes. I agree. I think the, the back three does work on occasion, but only with like wing backs who do bomb forward yeah. and I feel like with 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 Trippier and Davis it doesn't work as well it's interesting um, and that's no no fault of their own they're, they're, they're good in their positions but as wing backs I feel like they're slightly not so attack minded mm. with but with Rose and with um, Aurier um they are yeah. maybe not so good going backwards the other way yeah. well in, in Oreo's case exactly. yeah. um, but wing backs if, you, if you're going to play wing backs your wing backs need to be Rose and Aurier if you're playing a back three mm. it's, a, it's a difficult one for me at the minute he sits on the bench he's our best centre half but for me at the minute the team is bigger than, than one individual and I think we look solid defensively I think there's a rhythm I think at the minute there's no real reason to break that cycle um, I think Sanchez has been one of our best players this season I get that some people have a bit of criticism of him but he's a 20 year old centre half and for okay, me he's, like, been, he's been outstanding don't get me wrong like he has been good he's been he has been very good but I just feel like 
I, I, I know this like might sound bad or whatever, but we are now coming up to the business end. This is it. Make or break. And one one mistake could cost us fourth. Could cost us DFA Cup. Yeah. And for me, or one Davinson Sanchez header can win the <laughs> FA Cup. <laughs> and for me, I like Toby is a lot better in the air. I think. He, the thing about Toby is he's got a presence. Yeah. He's commanding. Like him and Jan are commanding. Good, as, good looking men as well. Yeah. Not sure that's entirely relevant to us, but. <laughs> but. I mean, what are you trying to say, Davidson Sanchez isn't? It's not my type, no. Oh, fair enough, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? Like they've, they've got a presence about them, and they've got. Um, like an air, like an air of like invincibility. Yeah. Um, and with Sanchez, you you feel like he's young. That will come in time. Like that will come maybe next season, the season after. When, like, yeah, we've got ourselves a world like a, mm. a genuine world class centre back who is as solid as Toby is. Mm. Um, but at the moment, it's not there. So at the moment, if you pick players and who are who's better, and you're choosing your strongest eleven, Toby makes it. Mm. I wonder, and this is me playing devil's advocate a little bit here, how much of the contract situation that's going on will factor in whether or not Poch will play him as much. Because I think back to last season with the whole Carl Walker thing, and Carl Walker said, oh, I'm not very happy, I'm thinking about leaving, and he was gone. He didn't play him. And I, I just wonder... But not did, he, did he not play alternate games? He didn't have one, one in, one off, one in, one off? Because Poch does rotate his full-backs. Yeah, but towards the end, it was all trips... And I don't know if you if you read the book A Brave New World, um, Billy Malaga one. Yes, he yeah, talks yeah. about it, and he says that as soon as Walker told him, that, he just didn't trust him, and he felt like he couldn't play him. So I just wonder if that's in the back of anyone's mind as well. I know that's me stirring the pot a little bit. Finally, on Swansea, Christian Eriksen he's got oh. eight goals and five assists in his last ten games against Swansea. He, he likes he likes him, doesn't he? That is unbelievable. His first goal was just ridiculous. He he. To be How fair, good is he? Is he the best number ten in the world? Is there a better attacking midfielder than Christian Eriksen? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to name him? Uh, <laughs> De Bruyne. De Bruyne's fair. I'll give you that. Um, There's not many that... Not, that not, not many. Do you know what I mean? Go straight in your head like, that player's better, that player's better. I honestly think he's now up there with the best players in his position. Oh, 100%. Oh, 100%. Um, that's, that's not up for debate, but probably not the best. Interesting, but he, he is definitely up there for what he's done and what he is doing and what he continues to do. Sure, yeah, sure, of course he is. I think, and this, this might be controversial, I think he's as important to our team as Harry Kane. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. Um, I really you, do. And you, 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 you can see it in the games where he doesn't play. So yeah. Southampton away, we were, cr- we were crying for someone to just be able to thread a pass through. Yeah. When we drew one all, like we would just need, like we missed him, yeah. and and that's the concern. Like we need someone, and this is why it comes back to having solid competition, because when you don't have him, we struggle. Mm. Whereas if you take Kane out, you can see that we've got a front four who interchange and cause enough prob- the same amount of problems as Harry Kane does by himself. You take Ericsson out of that equation. Yeah. Do you think when Ka- when Kane's not in the side? Do you think teams think we can have a go at them now? And they play a little bit more attacking and it plays into our hands a little bit? No, no, not particularly. Um, 
No, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I feel like we were just... In, in, in the two games you're talking about, the, the Bournemouth game and mm. the, uh, the Swansea game, the Bournemouth game was um, interesting because <coughs> maybe there was a lapse in concentration on Bournemouth's side because, you know, they've got to go, Harry Kane's yeah. just come off and they feel like, actually, let's just take a foot off the pedal because they started off very, very well. Yeah. And they might have thought, let's take a foot off our gas. We've got, like, 10 minutes to go to half-time. Let's just see it through and we'll pick it up against second half. Sorry, that Sorry. that um, Delhi goal sort of knocked the stuff out of them. Yeah. And we came in at half time thinking, actually, do you know what? We've, we, we can go and win this. Mm. Um, it's an interesting one, though, isn't it? Because I, I think that it gives teams a little bit more belief that we can get at. But Kane's not playing, no. Their talisman's out, we, we can have him there. And they'll go for us a little bit more. But actually, that plays into our hands even more when he's not there because we've got so much pace and that going forward. Interesting one. I wanted to talk briefly about season tickets as well. Um, so we touched on this very, very briefly on the pod last week because the news actually of the price on that broke midway through recording. Um, but we've had a week to sort of reflect on them. What are your initial thoughts on the season ticket pricing? <coughs> Sorry, um, my concern is I feel like I'm going to be priced out completely. Mm. Um, having got a season ticket um, last year. Um, I feel like I've got no chance. What phase are you in? Eight. So for anybody that isn't familiar with how it's working, is they've split it into eight phases with approximately 5,000 ticket holders in each phase. And the phase you're in ranks from one to eight, and that's based on how long you've had a season ticket for and how many loyalty points you've got. So anybody that's new to a season ticket, like yourself at Bass, will be in phase eight, maybe might creep into phase seven because they haven't had a season ticket for that long. Um, the pricing's gone up. So my season ticket at Wembley this season was around 750 quid, and for an equivalency, and I know the Spurs are coming out and saying there are no equivalent seats, but basically in the same area of the stadium, I'm looking at another 250 quid, I'm looking at about a grand for a seat, which is a lot of money. Like a thousand pounds to the average person, which I am, is, is a lot of money. I mean, so my um, question is, and I don't actually know the answer to this, do you get cup games as well? No, it's just the 19 league games, as far as I'm aware. Nine, because somebody on Twitter broke down your actual value per game, and we're now one of the most expensive because you're only getting the 19 league games. It, it is expensive, but I'm not surprised, because if you look round in the Premier League at the real elite clubs in the elite stadiums, the season tickets are priced at that level, and ultimately... For everyone, for Liverpool, it, I mean, for, for Chelsea, are they really a thousand a pop at like standard seats, not even the best seats? No. But then I feel like it's, I feel like it's it's on on a par with like Arsenal, of Arsenal and City as well can be pretty expensive as far as I'm aware. But then you've got to look at the stadium because if you look at Chelsea, the stadium's not actually. No, but Anything. In, in all honesty, you go to the stadium to watch a football, the, the amenities there are, are right, great, but you don't live there, so your house. Well, I hope you're, not. You're, <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be, I've got any money to do anything else now. <laughs> I mean, you might visit it once every two weeks, but it's not your house. You're not going to, how long do you spend it on, on, realistically on a match day? Mm. Four hours? M- maximum. maximum. Maximum four hours in the actual stadium? So I'll... I think maybe I'm in the minority because yes, it is expensive, and I I, I appreciate you know I'm I'm having to, I'm having to fork out another two hundred fifty quid for a season ticket, um, but I'm not surprised at it because I think if we want to 
if we want to be an elite club and compete with these, with these massive sides and have them at this amazing stadium and pay ridiculous money for players, I, I'm just not surprised that it's gone up as much as it has. I get why people are kicking off and I'd much rather my team ticket price stay the same. And I feel sorry for people that genuinely are thinking I'm not going to be able to go anymore. So, well, this is my concern. My concern is I am in sales phase eight. Um, now, unless they keep back a certain amount of tickets per price point for each sales phase... Which they won't do, because it'll be, uh, if you, it'll be going... If you're a phase one, go and pick what you want, that's yours. So my concern here is that when I get around, there's going to be nothing but expensive seats. Yeah, there's, that, that, that's a potential. And if it gets to around... I'm not paying £2,000 for no, a ticket. No, God, no. You, you, how can you? Like, how can, really, justifying that's difficult. It's, it's, it's very difficult. What's that, like, over £100 a game? And Where I would say you have a chance is that you're only getting one ticket, right? Yeah. You're not getting three or four, you're getting one. So the odds of there being one seat somewhere... But how many... Do you but, know what I mean? To be fair, like, a lot of people go to football by themselves. A lot of people do. A lot of people do pick one, one seat. So, my, I mean, my, my concern is, I, at the moment, I don't know what the situation will look like on April 12th when, mm. my, when my sales phase comes around, but at the moment I am very worried about mm. being able to go to the new, to the new um, Wild Lane. And I do feel slightly let down, actually. Yeah. Um, because, like, I, I get it's a difficult situation for the club in terms of how they work to allocate, like, like windows or whatever, but I think the top end price of around one nine nine five or whatever it was is extortionate. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot. There of might money. be some people here who disagree with me, but and that's probably because they can afford it. Like realistically speaking, if you look at the average average person spending two thousand pounds for a one year commitment, it's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, my. I'm in phase two, so my season ticket renewal is actually Wednesday the 21st, so in two days' time, because we're recording this on Monday night. And I'm going to try and aim to sit in the big south stand just above one of the corner flags, slightly off centre. That's what I'm thinking. They're the 995 seats, and I'm hoping that there'll be enough available because I'm lucky enough to be phase two. So that's what I'm going to aim for. We'll see what happens. That's all you can do, really. But I hope that you get that you get the seat or you get in an Thank area you. that you want and it's affordable for you. Because I mean, you don't want passionate fans to not be able to go. You know, that's that's my biggest. And, and the issue is you don't want it to turn you don't want it to turn into a corporate thing like no. Arsenal is with a, a horrendous atmosphere. It's absolutely horrible down there. You don't want it to turn into that. Like we've got a good thing going. We've got fans who engage with the club. We've got players who engage with the club. The managers engage with the club. Yeah. Like everyone, we're, we're all put in the one direction. We just don't want anything to ruin it. Yeah. yeah. Well, regardless of what goes on, I'm still, I'm personally buzzing for the stadium just to get there now. It feels so close, so not too long away. The last thing I want to do is the Simon Mitchell appearance quiz. Oh, here we go. Uh, so he's given us five, well, he's given us ten players, so five questions, so it's him, then you get out the five. Uh, strikers to start with. Roman Pavlichenko versus Dimitar Berbatov. Oh, that's a great one. Um, I'm going to go Berbatov. It's Roman Pavlichenko. Wow. He played 11 more games. 
So very, all of these, and this is what I love about this, it's just guess, you can guess and you've got a really good chance, well you've got 50% chance and of course you have. <laughs> um, left backs, well sort of left backs, Benoit Asuikoto versus Gareth Bale. And is this at left back or just no, 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 it's just general, general move, yeah. Um, I'm going Gareth Bale. Correct, three more oh. than my Asuikoto. <laughs> He was a shocking left back. Some people loved Asukoto and never, oh, to be I fair, never he, understood he, it. He got better. He had weird hair. He drove a smart car, which was as a pro footballer is just incredible. He cared about the environment. He wasn't very good at football. He got, wasn't got, very got, good. Got the tube. He did get the tube, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, strikers, Darren Bent versus Mido. Oh. <laughs> um, I mean, that's two goal-scoring machines. Does this count Mido alone as well? Yeah. Uh, Mido. Darren Bent. Oh, 16 more. Wow. He's an absolute poacher, Darren Bent, wasn't he? <laughs> Do you remember that miss against Portsmouth where Redknapp went, even Sandra would have scored that? Brilliant. That was incredible. Uh, Do you also remember that tap in against Arsenal to make it 4 3? 3 2. 3 2. Don't remember that. Uh, Tom Huddleston versus Jermaine Genus. Oh. Um, I, I'm, I feel like I'm going with JJ for this. I feel like JJ had a few more games. I don't know why. Right, because they are not good, any. Um, you think JJ had a few more games? You're wrong. Tom Anderson <laughs> had a few more. He had seven more, in fact. Didier Zakora versus Simon Davis. Oh, uh, Simon Davis. Correct. That's, yeah, it's Simon Davis. Twelve more pace. <laughs> Who would win, Zakora or Davis? God, you'd be here all day. What about two hundred meters? What about Davis and uh, Everton? Matty Everton. Love the bookies, didn't they? Did. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Reid loved the cookies. Uh, any more you want to talk about? No. Fantastic. Well, it's good to have you back on, mate. Thank you very much. Alive and well. International break now, so I'm not sure uh, if there's going to be a podcast next week because no one really cares about the international break, the, do the, they? The good thing about International Week, and the only good thing is it gives me, and it gives a lot of fans, just a chance to unwind slightly. Yeah. Especially coming up now to the business and the players as well. Like, yeah, sure, it's an international game, but it's not massively important. They're not fighting for anything. There's no competitive matches going on. It's all friendlies. Um, so yeah bring it on I'm actually looking forward to the international week just because it's a chance to unwind watch some football and not really care about what's going on yeah. you can just enjoy it as a football fan and yeah. not stress too much well enjoy the international break Thank and remember whatever happens future's bright future's lily white come on you spurs Aussie's knees have gone all trembly And a Tim requires assembly Danny Montlower Local boy Ledley King Greavesy scoring everything Glenn Hoddle, Chrissy Waddle Lee Young-Pyo Casey Keller, USA Woodgate is not fit to play Tramatini, Cudicini Freddie Canute Gary Mabbitt in Chilin Sergey Redruff for the win Run for me, Nick on me, 4-3 Stout Terry Heroes in white and blue We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain I go to White Hart Lane Lineker playing fair Modric here, there, everywhere Pat Jennings, luscious hair Super Vertonghen Pavliachenko number nine Nine from the halfway line Villa's running 81 Under Twin Towers 
Northwest Steels. Harry Redknapp steals on wheels. Legend Steve Perryman, MBE. Hugo Loris, clean sheet. Ball at Stefan Dalmatsky. I'm playing out white and blue. Nicola Bertie. Heroes in white and blue. This one's for Billy Nick. His football did the trick. He showed the world what Spurs could do. The League and Cup we won in 1961. Aaron Lennon's line print shoes Gareth Bailey used to lose Alan Hutton, we all knew his passport said Spain Berbatov, turn and strop Hartsey saving from the spot Beat Chelsea at Wembley, we lifted the League Cup Maradona is a spur We're the football connoisseurs Chaz and Dave's me raised Chirpy the cockerel Mendes shoots from halfway Carol Pomberling the same Clattenburg Waterberg doesn't give the goal Abizela's work of art Tricky Rafa van der Vaart He's got no head but we don't care Martin Martin Yo Lily White's from White Hart Lane Reto Ziegler sounded just like Ziegler Getting to the grounds of pain Getting nasty blisters down the Seven Sisters Teddy into Equalise Ginger Pele in disguise People speak of the technique that Jason Dozel lacked Jamie Redknapp on TV We love Alan Mullery Raziak, Don't Come Back And Asimovic Crenshaw substitution Tom Hardlister's distribution Jermaine Defoe, he's Cisco He's linguistic skills Scott Parker could not try harder Danny Rose is 30 yarder Darren Bent's headed wide Sandra could have scored that Heroes in blue and white We sold Zakora and we dropped Zamora Spurs make my dark days bright But it makes me sad the Steagle was so bad Robbie Keane in the box Edgar David, Dreadlocks, Palacios, Stripey Socks, Everson Hattrick, Dave Mackay picking fights, European Glory Knights, Terry Dyson go on my son, Cliff Jones on the wing. Dean Richards, John White, Legendary Lily White, How dare Estrake, Who dare is to do? Clive Allen, Paul Allen, Joe Allen, Les Allen, Rory Allen, Russell Allen, Allen Gilsey. Lily White from White Hart Lane. so the Bentley's free kick over. We treat Judas with disdain. His transfer was a farce, so shove him up your ass. Liam Walker's page three girl. Gus Poirier, free kick girl. Gomez made super saves, he can shag my wife. Edrington loved the cookies. Andy Reid loved the cookies. Star Wars music and some Wookiees right before the game. Heroes in blue and white. When I feel depressed, in got Janola undressed. Point won't give up the fight. Bullfox never quits, you can be sure of it Robinson's long shot AVB's deep spot David Howe's on the prowl in the FA Cup Andy Sinton's England call Michael Brown starts a brawl Peter Crouch, eight foot tall Jürgen Klinsmann's dive Arsene Wenger's dodgy vision Howard Webb's bad decision Raman Vega playing Sega Sandro's Kung Fu kick Eric Torsten looking spell Espen Barson Leonard and Smith and Shippers bound to score Give me more and more and more Heroes in white and blue We like to win in style We've done it for a while It's better to aim playing high Then our football story will echo with glory Lily White and white are made 
If the budget allows me, and it will be ours. Thanks, Dave Henson. 44. If he were here, we'd buy the boy a beer. Heroes in white and blue. This one's for Billy Nick, it's the who did the trick. He showed the world what's for us to do. The League Cup we won in 1961. Heroes in white and blue. We've all loved you since 1882 Even when I'm feeling grey Despite the tears and pain I get to white hot lane Heroes in white and blue We like to win in style We've done it for a while It's 